Race to Walk Podcast, Episode 37. Welcome to the Raise to Walk Podcast, where we're walking out the life of faith. Romans 6, verse 4 reads, As Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And this show is designed to help you do just that. Now here's your host, Carla Alvarez. Thanks for joining me, and here are some thoughts for today. So, would God be happy with your house? Psalm 101 tells us what God expects from us, how He wants us to live, and what the lifestyle of people who are called by His name is supposed to look like. It addresses both our own actions as well as those with whom we associate. Actually, the associations are part of the life of personal integrity David commits to in verse 2, where he writes, I will be careful to live a blameless life. When will you come to help me? I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. This begins a description of what a life of integrity looks like. Isn't it interesting that the very first item listed is a guard against what he sees? In verse 3, he says, I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. Vile and vulgar. How much of what is presented as entertainment in our culture today is can be described by those two words? Is there anything vile and vulgar that comes into your sphere? Movies, TV shows, magazines, news, music, and internet sites visited? Would they all pass muster? Then David moves on to associations. In verse, the next part of verse 3, he says, I hate all who deal crookedly. I will have nothing to do with them. Part of living with integrity is not only your own actions, but those of your associates. We all know people who cannot be trusted. Those who will take advantage, cheat, skim, and sometimes outright steal if they can get away with it. Because they are friends, we look the other way and excuse it. That's not right. That is an implicit endorsement on our part. It makes us part of the dishonesty and lies. True integrity is having no part in it, not only the actions, but the pe- with the people doing it. In the next verse, David not only commits to guarding what he sees, but also what he thinks. He writes, I will reject perverse ideas and stay away from every evil. Perverse ideas because those ideas are the root from which actions spring. David then turns again to identifying behaviors that he will not tolerate in friends and associates. In verses 5 through 6, he writes, I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. I will not endure conceit and pride. I will search for faithful people to be my companions only those who are above reproach. Conceit and pride, how prevalent is that today? Pride is even being pushed as a good thing today, something people should have. No, it is not, or I suppose it depends on who who you serve. Anyone who serves Yahweh should know beyond question that anything that has a whiff of pride should be avoided. Then in verses 7 and 8 he writes, I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house, and liars will not stay in my presence. My daily task will be to ferret out the wicked, 
and free the city of the Lord from their grip. This was a passage that really stood out to me as I listened to day one of reading through the Psalms. David was a king when he referred to his house. He was not just referring to domestic servants. He was talking about those who he put in authority, his appointed government. Liars and deceivers need not apply. We are in David's shoes today. We are not rulers, however, in the U.S., we have the ability and the responsibility to elect our government. They are public servants, and we are the ones held accountable for putting them there. So what do you think God would have to say about your house? Be very careful here not to mistake the ideology of a particular political party for integrity that meets the standard of God. Also, do your servants' words, those who you elected, match up with their actions? Throwing in a few mentions of God and showing up for a couple of prayer services doesn't cut it. The Pharisees did far more than that, and Jesus called them hypocrites. What is the fruit of their life? Is it love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Those are the fruits of the Spirit listed in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22-23. If not, don't be fooled by a politician's claims to be devout. Do they care about righteousness and justice? Are they ferreting out wrongdoers, or are they turning a blind eye and taking an envelope under the table? Don't say they, say we, because we are accountable for putting them there. What does God think of our house? So thanks for joining me today, and let's end this time together with a prayer. God, we thank you so much for your goodness and faithfulness to us, and we thank you that you've given us your word to show us the way of integrity and righteous living. Lord, we know that we have failed in so many ways and in so many times to even attempt to live up to that, but we ask you to pour out your spirit of grace and give us a, a humble spirit, make us willing to obey you, Lord. Make us willing to seek the truth, no matter the cost. And we ask that you help us and open our eyes so that we can see clearly what your will is. You pour out your Holy Spirit on us, Lord, and make us a nation of people who want to walk in the path of truth. We pray all this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Raised to Walk podcast. We'd love for you to continue to walk with us, so head over to raisedtowalk.org news to get free updates. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time. If you've been enjoying the Raised to Walk episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We also love to get feedback from our listeners, so tell us what you think by either rating or reviewing us on iTunes or Stitcher, or by sending us an email at contact at raisetowalk.org.